Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast where every week we talk about a different topic to do with work and share lots of practical ideas for action and tools to try out that we hope will leave you, and to be honest, us, with a little bit more confidence, clarity and control. And this week we're talking about how to find more freedom in your work. And when we think about freedom, it feels relevant, I think, for all of us, because the more you dive into freedom, the more you realise this is a universal need that we all have which does make sense. Like, Who doesn't want to feel like they've got freedom in the work that they do? We want to feel like we've got the ability to be in control, to direct ourselves about you know, how we work and what we work on. It makes sense that this is something that's important for all of us. But what's so interesting is that often our organisations have been built over time in a way that sort of creates command and control within an organisational structure, but sort of takes it away from individuals. So sort of it takes the control and the freedom from individuals and sort of gives that control to like the structure of an organisation. Now, most organisations, I think, are moving away from that very traditional ladder-like command and control world where essentially you do what you're told in the way that you're told and it's all about being compliant because I think most organisations recognise now that that's not how anyone does their best work and there is a really interesting article that we'll link to about organizations that have been on a real mission to sort of provide a more liberating environment they actually call them like sort of liberating organizations and what I found interesting about these case studies that I was reading is lots of them were very traditional organizations so they had been more command and control and had made a very conscious effort to go we can see that that's not going to help us be successful in the future. So if you're a manager or a leader, or you're just really interested in some of those examples, maybe have a look at that HBR article that we'll link to. But today we're really going to focus on how you can find more freedom. What does that look like for you and the ideas for action that you can take? So when Sarah and I have read around this topic, the things that come up most consistently are that freedom at work is a balance of autonomy and accountability. So people feeling like they have the space that they need and then almost like the ownership of their outcomes. But when Sarah and I were talking about it, we were like, they're really like really big topics, like autonomy is just that space is massive and it means different things to different people. And so we wanted to get a bit more specific about it. And so we asked our community on Instagram for what this means to them. And they told us that freedom meant for them trust, empowerment, flexibility, authenticity and choice 
And what I find really interesting with that is those things are really different. Like I want the freedom to work in a way that works for me. So flexibility. I want the freedom to be myself at work. So authenticity. Like we cannot assume that this means the same thing for everybody. And it is it's sort of useful to just have that in your awareness. We also talked to people about what was most likely to be getting in the way of the freedom that they needed. And they shared with us that it was process. So feeling like they had to do things in a certain way, because that was the way stuff was sort of done around there. Pressure. So the amount of things they had to do didn't give them the space to do anything different. Constantly changing priorities. So feeling like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm on board with it. And then it just changes again and again micromanagement that came up a lot so I haven't got that autonomy I need because I have to do it in a way that works my manager and the workload just too much work to sort of almost you can't see the wood for the trees that kind of thing so in order to help all those people that gave us all that input and you and honestly ourselves a little bit we are dividing this podcast into two parts so part one is going to be all about how you figure out what freedom means to you and also maybe what it looks like for you today and then part two is going to be about how you find your freedom so practical things that you can do to get the freedom that you're looking for so I'll kick us off with part one then figuring out your freedom For this, it's useful to think about what does freedom mean to you and what might be getting in your way today. So, Sarah, if I was to ask you those questions, what would what would you think? I think freedom for me, my go to is am I free to choose how I work? I think how I work really matters to me. And when I think about how it sort of almost it starts to then merge into other areas like where I work, where I'm spending my time. I really don't like being micromanaged and I've been lucky I've not found that that's been a really constant in my career but the few times I've got anywhere close to that I find that very difficult and I respond well to space to just have almost like having freedom when I've got a clear sense of what I want to achieve and where I want to go in a project I want the freedom to sort of do that in my own way essentially I just see time time again that I've done my best work when almost the conditions that help you to be free have been in place. Mm. And I guess because we've talked about this before and it is one of my values, it definitely is an area that we've reflected on a lot. So it's, it's so interesting to see how important it is to other people as well. Because it's one of my values, it's like deeply important to me. And I don't think our definitions are that dissimilar. So my definition is about making choices without constraints. And you use the word choice as well. And for me, constraints are that can come in all kinds of form. Other people can be a constraint, like when other people want me to do something or when (laughs) they do it a certain way. Like I always like to feel that I have got a choice whenever I feel forced. It's almost like this freedom trigger for me. Like Mm. whenever I feel forced by other people to do something, it's like I go on red red freedom alert. (laughs) Like I sometimes talk about the Braveheart moment, you know, like I want my freedom. I feel like I need to really like protect (laughs) it at all costs. So for you to reflect on this, I think it is worth thinking, first of all, what does it mean to you? And just spend time getting to some of those sort of nuances that Sarah and I talked about then and give it a scale of one to 10 in terms of how much freedom you feel you have right now, because it will just give you a little bit of signal of what work you might have to do. I think it's useful to break freedom down to be a bit more bite sized so that you can start to figure out where to focus. Now, you might need to focus on all of these areas, but as I was going through this process, I realised that. I think firstly, you'll have different actions depending on where your focus might be, but also you'll probably have different priorities. I can think of different points in my career where different one of these factors, these sort of freedom factors 
have been more important than others. And it sort of, I think it does change over time. So we're trying to kind of move away now from this idea of like freedom being all things to everybody and, and we can describe it in so many different ways to drill down a little bit now into some freedom factors. So we're going to describe this in three ways, which is time, trust and tasks. So time is where do you spend your time? Trust is how you do your work and tasks is what you work on. So I, I found that quite useful. And so maybe you're looking at those three now and thinking about on reflection, if you were red, amber, greening each of those, for example, where would you be? Or if you were doing a scale of one to 10, if that feels more useful for you, where would you be on each of those? And that I think helps to pinpoint where are you right now in terms of finding your freedom? And is there one freedom factor here that just feels more important? So when I did this, for example, I was green, green, red, amber, red, maybe. So I was like, time, where I spend my time, I feel green on that. And we're going to dive into each of these. I won't describe it in too much more detail. Trust, I felt green and like how I do my work. And then task, I was like, oh, there's some amber redness there. And that's where I would want to focus when I'm thinking about freedom. And then when you've done that, do the mind map of all the things that are getting in the way of you finding your freedom today, including yourself, just to make sure we don't sort of A, end up blaming. But also I think there's never going to be just one thing that's getting in the way of finding your freedom. So just what are all those things? Are they people? Is it type of work? Like what are the things that spring to mind? And again, we both did this. And I think first of all, doing the mind map helps you to think about all of the different kind of answers to that reflection. But then we both quite quickly got to, oh, but are there one or two things here that feel like they are getting in the way more than everything else? So Helen, do you want to share the couple that you came up with? And I came up with one quite quickly as well. Yeah, so I think my first one's probably poor prioritisation. So I almost don't focus what I want to freely do because I'm trying to do so much. And mm -hmm. so I think more time spent prioritising, even just like at the start of the week and then sharing those with the team would be really helpful. But then I also think I have become a bit of a bottleneck in lots of places in our business. And so there's quite a lot that people need to review with me or get my input on. And I want to help other people to do their work, but I have sort of become this unmovable part of it as well. And that often means that there are things that I need to do like every day or in an evening or at certain points in the week. And that takes some of my freedom away in terms of sort of like the, the task-based stuff, I think, what I want to spend my time on. Yeah, so I was actually reflecting on this last week. And to be very specific, I still think I need to work on an idea that Oliver Berkman actually taught me, brilliant author of 4,000 Weeks, all about time, where he said it's not just about getting better at saying no, it's about getting better at saying no to the things that we want to say yes to. And I still do that. That gets in the way of my freedom. So, And I sort of don't quite make that connection at the moment. And I think by, even by thinking about this for today, I was like, oh, that's quite useful. If I sort of thought, well, this is hard to say no to, but it equals finding more freedom. Is that a really helpful carrot to help me to do something that I find hard? So that was one. And then I think my second one, which is more general, but probably links to that first one is just being overcommitted to delivering too much. You know, almost to your point on, I think I'm good at prioritising, but I still feel like almost that list is too long. Mm. And so therefore, and you're overcommitted because actually you have committed to those things. And I, I really don't like not delivering on commitments. And so therefore, to deliver, 
you then end up losing lots of your freedom because you're like, well, I've said I'm going to do this. Probably goes back to, again, I've said yes to something because I wanted to say yes, but just without doing that kind of knock-on impact. So if I get frustrated about not having enough freedom, I do think a fair bit of that is me getting in my own way. Now, I think that would have been very different when I was in organisations. So I also reflected that part of this is about almost thinking a bit about and recognising the system that you're working in and where does that really help you with freedom? Because I think actually some of the big companies I worked in helped me to find freedom in some ways. You know, I worked a four-day week some of the time. That helped me find some freedom. And I think working in a small company has taken away some of my freedom in different ways that I'd not anticipated, which we're now going to talk about exactly how we're (laughs) going to get it back again because I'm very committed to this. So we're going to go into part two now. So we've got three different ideas for action here, which are all linked to the time, the trust and the tasks. And we'll talk about it a little bit, take it in turns, and then we'll give you the details so that you can make the change that would support your development. So Sarah, do you want to go first with time? So for time, we think this would sound a bit like... I work where other people want me to be, not where I need to be. So this, I think, will be on lots of people's minds at the moment with every organisation figuring out hybrid working. Are we going to tell people when we want people in the office? Are we going to give people lots of choice and lots of freedom about being in an office? Are we going to say everybody's fully remote and we just get together to collaborate? So this is both on individuals' and organisations' minds. And for us, when we were thinking about this, I think it goes back to this principle of so often we think time equals hours. And I think if you do that, it becomes a more transactional. Your thinking becomes more transactional, but also you become very black and white, I think, about how you think about your time. But if you can reframe your time to not being about hours, but being about outcomes, I think it changes both the conversations that you have, but also how you consider your own freedom in terms of where you spend your time. And so our suggestion here, just to get started in terms of kind of mindset, is be very clear about what are your outcomes? Like, what do you need to achieve? What does that look like? How are you going to measure success? And then connect those outcomes with your wares. So rather than wares just being like, oh, I just like working at home every day, or I want to work in the office four days a week, almost thinking about, well, with the work that you need to do, those outcomes you're trying to achieve, where would that work best be achieved for you? Because this is, you know, this will be personal for you. So as Helen and I have already described, there is some work that we need to achieve together, where some of that work is best achieved with us in a room together. Some of it is definitely, even though we're still working together on something, it's best achieved remotely and in our own space and in our own time. So I think that just helps you in terms of framing. And I think there is a where watch out just before we get to the idea for action, because I just hear this from so many people, which is we're so keen to get more freedom that sometimes we agree to do the same amount of work in less hours or days. Like we are the (laughs) trade-off. Yes. So your trade-off becomes, I'm so keen to have a four-day week, or I'm so keen to work a nine-day fortnight, or to finish at three so I can pick my kids up for school, whatever it might be, that what we then do is we're maybe making that transition to find more freedom. So, the, you know, in the pursuit of freedom and the trade-off we make is just thinking, I will sort of find a way and there's no, there is no other trade-off in terms of it's not about less work. So essentially you have less hours to do the same amount of work. And unless you are incredibly unproductive, which I just don't believe anyone listening to this podcast can be, then all that means is that 
you're going to be working late nights, it's going to be stressful, or you'll be working in those times where you're not meant to be working. So I think just uh, as somebody who has worked in lots of different ways, I think this is a really important watch out. And I've sort of done this well and not so well. And I've seen this kind of work for other people where they were really hoping to get freedom. And then, you know, you sort of don't achieve that thing that you were hoping but because of that. So here's our idea for action on this one. If the where in terms of freedom is really important for you, our idea here is to have a go at something called this or that transparency. So this now gets very, very practical. And this is this idea of trade-offs and choices that I was just sort of describing in the where watch out. So with something like this or that transparency, it means you're getting used to practicing sharing that you can't just do everything or certainly you can't do everything right now kind of in the here and now so maybe this looks like we're experimenting in our team at the moment with using a planner in microsoft teams and what that helps us with a little bit is thinking okay well if something new goes onto the planner what moves or what doesn't happen or it could be just a conversation so sometimes when other people might say oh we need these things to happen it just stops you from just going oh, yes, yes, and, and you just sort of add everything on. And it helps you to go, okay, well, I'm working in these places, so that work won't work then. So it just helps you to have that challenge. Or maybe it's just a weekly email that says to people, well, this is what I'm working on at the moment, this is where I'm working. And you're just, again, being very transparent about that, this or that trade-off. I just find that this or that is like quite a useful just framing all the time to keep us honest in terms of prioritizing and then just it connects back to this point about time you can't find more time that's just it's sort of not a thing but we do all sort of get used to defaulting to going oh yeah okay I'll just keep adding that to that I find it really helpful as well just to talk this through with people like why I'm Mm. making the choices that I'm making so like if I might say to Sarah I'm going to work from home today because I really want to kind of get my head down on those things and and kind of by the time I've gone to London I end up getting distracted and all kinds of stuff and and just helping someone to understand that this is why I'm choosing to work where I am helps me to just feel more confident about the decisions that I'm making not that you need to justify your decisions to other people but you are you have if you're part of a team and you're all trying to do this then at times you're gonna have to make team choices like you can't always have a team making individual choices about their wares. Otherwise, no one's going to come together in the right place at the right times. So it is useful to understand which of your wares are most important and why. And then, you know, your team can help you to protect those and you can work out, well, which ones can we come together on? So I do find that useful to understand about people. You know, imagine even as a team all sharing, what does freedom look like for you? When have you got your most freedom in a week? And where do you feel like you've sort of need to find more freedom in a week? Just some hopefully easy to answer questions that everyone could just do a bit of sharing on. I wonder then whether you could all help each other, which mm. I think, because as you said, it's this feels all very interconnected. It's quite hard to do lots of this by yourself. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So our second area was all about the trust. And a big part of this will be about trust. So you finding freedom means that people have to trust you to work in a way that works for you. But what this might sound like when it's not working is that I'm working in a way that works for other people, but that doesn't work for me. And I think probably this is most connected to people saying that the thing that was getting in their way was being micromanaged. If you are feeling like you're being micromanaged, someone else is defining what you work on, when you work on, how you work on it, that probably isn't going to be working in a way that works for you. And it is probably going to feel like you're not trusted to do that. And ultimately, you are the expert in how you work best. You know when you're most energised. You know the environments you need to work with. And what we want you to do is to start with you. When you're trying to create this trust, we want to start with, well, this is what works for me and why. But then ultimately be open to other people's input because they might have some, you know, some valid things to contribute. So you don't want to kill that from the conversation. But you do want to start with your freedom first or otherwise they might impose what works for them onto you. So to sort of bring this to life about what this could look like, we've created a scenario, sort of like a, it's like a podcast role play. I love it. I like it because I, in this role play, am your manager. And let's say I said to Sarah, Sarah, we're going to be creating a careers festival over the summer. And I'd really like you to lead on it. Then what we would want to do in response to that given that Sarah is the expert in how she works best, is Sarah to then define how she imagines making that happen and then share it with me for challenge and build. Not to approve, not for me to say, yes, that's okay, or no, that that's not, but to almost say, like, how could that be even better? And it's that space for building rather than approving that we're trying to create to give someone the autonomy. Every time you go someone to kind of agree or approve something, I think you reduce some of your autonomy over it because it feels like they're checking in and checking up. And what we really want them to do is sort of have a more adult to adult conversation about how you do your work. And so challenge and build creates that. And what we want you to do is to be in control of that conversation. So Helen and I were chatting about practically what would an idea for action here look like? One of the things that I found really useful and also recognise that when I've not done this, it's been a miss, as in it's got in my way, is having project on a page. So project on a page, let's imagine I'm doing this careers festival that Helen's asked me to lead, is just summarising on one page, maybe it's Word document, maybe it's PowerPoint, whatever works for you. What's the objective? What are the outcomes? What does success look like? And how I'm imagining I'm going to make this work. So that might be some sort of ways of working principles. So for example, I might be saying to Helen, every Monday morning, I'll send you a project update with the three things I think you need to know. I'd suggest we get together 
for 45 minutes every couple of weeks and we talk about priorities, people, process and problems. So perhaps I put a bit of structure in. It's not you're sort of presenting a project on a page and sort of hoping for no response, which I have definitely done in the past. (laughs) You're also asking some really good questions because this is meant to be a conversation because otherwise you're solving rather than involving your manager. So maybe I'd be saying to Helen at that point, so what might I be missing? What can you imagine could get in our way? How else can I keep you updated? Or even like, you know, almost asking Helen, well, does that feel like, you know, do you want to be more involved at the earlier stages of this project or do you want to be less involved? So it's sort of that project on a page becomes a joint agreement that I think everybody feels confident and comfortable with, but also that you keep coming back to because there's no point doing this and then never looking at it or iterating as you go. And actually Helen and I were even reflecting on a small project that I'm working on at the moment where I haven't done this. And it has felt like exactly as Helen described, where I've sort of said to Helen, we're going to need to make a decision on something. I'm sort of running something past Helen and sort of wanted to just go, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, let's make some progress. But I feel a bit like Helen's been like, oh, no, I've got some more questions. And it feel, it has felt a bit like we were saying, like the closest we would ever get to like micromanaging each other. Whereas in my head, I've sort of thought, well, why can't Helen just sort of let me get on with this? It's fine. Whereas Helen's thinking, but I've got five more questions. I think with that specific piece of work, if I had done a project on a page, A, I would have got to clarity, but also then Helen could have given me more freedom to work in a way that kind of works for me in terms of how I want to do my work. Whereas actually we kind of slightly stalled because we've not done this. And then you you do, you do feel like you've got less freedom on something where you feel like I should have just been able to move forward actually just reflecting on that situation a little bit as well makes me think about sometimes I wonder whether like the language of this is a bit of a freedom flag for me is a way that Mm. you could bring it into like because if you had said to me Helen this is a bit of a freedom flag for me I'm I'm, I'm feeling like there's something I want to do that I'm not kind of getting the space to do could have maybe been an easier way into a conversation about that but then obviously I sometimes think that the more detailed someone's questions are the more there's something that's sort of unsaid. a freedom flag for you. Yeah, yeah or, or, or <laughs> like, because the questions, detailed questions are, you know, maybe they're fine, they're useful, but there's probably a bigger question behind the scenes in someone's head. Mm. And I think the, the particular project Sarah's talking about, there probably was, and I wasn't surfacing the bigger question. What I was going to was probably quite a lot of like irritating detail. And I wonder if you can, A, say, this is a bit of a freedom flag for me. So I now go, and now I know that that's a point of language. I'd be like, oh, okay, so Sarah's feeling basically that I'm micromanaging her, but saying it in a, in a way that makes it a more comfortable conversation. And then if Sarah could have asked me, what's the bigger question in your mind? Like, to, you know, to get me mm. out of the detail and kind of into something that we could probably discuss more effectively. Because I think if you've got to the bigger question in my mind, that could have maybe given a way to get the space. Because if you'd resolve the bigger question rather than me distracting us with the detail, I just think there's ways there's ways around it. I definitely like project on a page. And in that situation, it would have really, really helped me. But you would have had to go away and do that and it would have taken time. And in the moment when you were mm. maybe feeling it, perhaps raising but freedom flag and questioning what's the bigger thing that's going on in your mind could have unlocked something in that situation and then we could have decided and would a project on a page be useful so our third area is about what you work on so this is the tasks that you spend your time on and I think this might sound like 
I feel like I'm working on someone else's to-do list. <laughs> when we did this, we were both just like wry smiles because we've all been there and are probably still there in some ways. It's quite rare, I think, to feel like your to-do list is 100% yours or owned by you. So we think it's helpful to look at the work that you're doing, so the tasks that you spend your time on in a week, and divide it into wants, needs, and want-nots. So wants, the work you want to be doing. Needs, the work that sort of needs or has to be done, whether you want to or not. And want-nots, the work that's getting in your way. And divide this into a pie chart and do an intuitive split. So across the week, how much time are you spending in wants, needs and want-nots? So obviously I've made Helen do all this beforehand because <laughs> I was like, well, let's just check it all works. So um, what would yours be? So Helen, what percentage of time did you get to for wants? Okay, I'm going to... So 20% of time on want. And I say that because when I first answered it, I said 10, but I think I was being a bit negative. So I've reflected on it. <laughs> 20% want. So that is, yeah, that's the work I want to be doing. Okay. 50% need. Like yeah. I think there's 50% of time spent doing stuff that just has to be done and repeatedly has to be done. And I think I spend 30% on want nots. So work that feels like at times is getting in the way of my wants, actually. So one of the things that we reflected on is I think you often have quite an emotional response to wants, needs and want nots because it feels frustrating, maybe worse than that. Maybe it feels constraining. You might feel like you're not using your strengths or you're not getting to do your best work. You can probably see what you'd like to be doing, but maybe that's not what you're spending your time on. So we were like, oh, we think this could end up, you could get almost like going around in circles or feel a bit like you're stuck. And so I think you want to sort of, move away from emotions we obviously don't want to ignore them but get quite practical about going well how are you going to change that pie chart that pie chart is not going to change itself so what could you do for wants needs and want nots so for wants, we were saying we think it's helpful to think about your perfect day in the life so we actually mentioned this earlier already on the podcast about going if you were spending a day doing the work you want to be doing what is that work so Helen, if you're going to oh, do that, just give me a. You, you, look, you were like, excited. yes, please, give me that question. She was like, don't talk about it for yourself. Ask me, ask me. Okay. So yeah, gone then. You've got your perfect day tomorrow. What are you going to be doing? I'm going to start with a breakfast meeting pretty early, okay. like eight o'clock, uh, oh, where I'm going to be having like a really good curious conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and finding stuff out. And like, that'd be quite ideas sparky. And then I would go back to the office, probably then have like about an hour to like create something because that conversation would have like sparked some ideas so there'd be like some kind of framework or toolkit or asset that would or an article there'd be something and I'd be like I'd want to get on it straight away and feel like I had the freedom to do that to create that Mm -hmm. and then just and the freedom to put that out into the world so it would be both a time thing and a trust thing for me there time to do it and the fact that Sarah would be like "Mm, Helen's creating a random article (laughs) off off she goes (laughs) then I'd be thinking oh I've got to do a bit of work (laughs) I'd be thinking because up until then I'd be like well that's the work I want to do but now probably what I mean then is I need to get onto the work I need to do so I'd then spend a little bit of time just looking okay what do the team need me to do what are some of the parts I do spend a bit of time getting a bit of clarity and just prioritizing some of those needs then I think I would do some some sessions like some sessions for clients so I could connect Mm -hmm. with learners and help people with their career development that would feel like super fulfilling and I like to squeeze quite a lot in so maybe two sessions two sessions okay. are squeezed in there and then I'd need to spend a bit of time with you I'd need to like maybe do a podcast or maybe you and me were talking about something we would need to like have 
and it could be virtual or it could be in person like I don't I don't need to be with you <laughs> I need to I need to do things with you but whatever whatever worked best I'd like to have a, a good chunk of like Sarah Sarah time and then I think I would end my day either going out connecting with some other people that could be one day or maybe just a bit, a bit of like listening and learning a bit of a podcast on the train something like that oh I'd feel lovely I'd feel I'd feel like that was a great day so even just I think that sense of doing that a it's really nice to talk it through with someone else but how did it feel Helen so if you were going right you said to me about 20% of your wants you're sort of in the work you want to be doing so you've just described 100% so we have just gone from 20 to 100 but what does that prompt you to think about doing in terms of like actions you might take or changes you might make yeah it's it's interesting because I think if I think about a day I, I have a lot of that in a week actually that is so but what I think I'm wanting more and maybe it's a, it's a bit too idealistic because I think I want more of that in a day and I think some of the want nots probably get in the way of that it does make me think that actually like I obviously love my work I love what I do and it does make me think well your perfect day is essentially a big part of your working week you're just looking for more of that on a day-to-day basis and it also makes me think some of that might need to be planned in a little bit more so curious conversations over breakfast don't just happen you've got to put those in the diary so if they're that important to me then plan them in like make them more of a ritual for the way that I work I think having some kind of focus like I need time to create like one new tool a week like I would I'd really love to do that I'd really I think it's sort of me at my best quickly taking a conversation sure, so would our listeners, <laughs> yeah there we go then, then the things <laughs> that I think there's it's it's helped me to think more specifically about one or two things that I don't think happen as regular as I would like them to do. But honestly, my perfect day probably doesn't need to be every day. I think there are just moments in that perfect day that I'd like to work into my week. Well, I guess what we're aiming for here is not to go from 20 to 100% every day, but probably for that 20% to more regularly feel like 50% or 60%. And we often have we have like mini mantras in amazing if so helen and i find it really helpful just to have like almost they're just sort of mini statements that help us to propel us forward and to make progress depending on kind of what's happening in our worlds at the moment and we actually do have one right now which is just thinking ahead i mean they're not very revolutionary (laughs) but we're talking a lot at the moment about thinking ahead and i the reason that feels so important to us is because we are trying to make some changes for everybody across the team in terms of how much time people spend on the work they want to be doing. I think what one of the realisations that we have had thinking about this is you've got to think ahead. As Helen described, redesigning some of your days, some of your weeks, how you spend some of your time, what all this looks like. It doesn't just gradually happen to you. You have to really kind of create this change. So thinking ahead is really helping us because most of the time I think with this, you can't overnight very quickly make this stuff happen so we have started to look and go okay so we've been trying out using our Fridays in a very different way we call them freedom Fridays actually talking about freedom and our freedom Fridays are where we don't commit to lots of things in the calendars we use them for curious conversations we use them for learning so we were like okay well let's experiment with freedom Fridays but when we first had that idea we couldn't just do it that Friday because you've got meetings or we've got workshops that we're running and so for us I think almost doing the contrast between where you are and the perfection, but then you can kind of work back from that. And as Helen said, she sort of realised, oh, actually, 
I've got quite a lot of this, but maybe just not enough within a day. And then for us, it has prompted us to do this kind of thinking ahead. And then we've actually got very practical actions in terms of changes that we're making. So I think this has moved us from maybe being quite emotional about, oh, we're not doing enough of the work we want to be doing to actually very practical. So that's your first step. So step number two is to challenge the work that has to be done. So this is the one that I said was taking up 50% of my time. So my biggest chunk of time personally was spent on doing the work that has to be done. And sometimes that is true, but I don't think it always is because maybe you are feeling like you have to be the one doing the work or that work has to get done by a certain date. Like I definitely self-create deadlines for no sensible reason that I can think of. But for this one, for step two, think a little bit about with whatever work is falling into that big bucket for you, what you could stop. And like, is there anything you could just stop? Like if you really, really looked at it hard enough, what you could maybe stall. So sort of maybe something could slow down. Like, do you need to do all those deadlines quite as fast as you might be creating them? Or what could somebody else do? And I think what is really useful here is to run this by somebody else as well. Because I think you can protect this pot quite a lot. You're like, oh, yeah, no, it definitely needs to be done. No, no, And I'm definitely the person who needs to do it. And you sort of justify it all the time. But somebody Which else... sounds exactly like you every week. Yes, Sarah. Gosh, does anybody else? think that I have to be very robust to have a relationship with Sarah (laughs) I'm joking I'm joking but actually in all seriousness Sarah is a very good challenger and uh you are you are and so if I would make assumptions and you could look at those assumptions often without the emotion that I might have when I'm making the decisions about those things and say well you know what if you weren't doing this who could or what if we did slow that down for a month like you're very you're very good at challenging or coaching me but also challenging me at the same time you're sort of a challenging coach and I think if you have any of those people in your work life they are very very helpful to bring into this process and so the final step which is about your want nots so this is the work that's getting in your way and we were thinking well if this was easy to solve you'd probably would have done something already so we reckon you've got to have a go at doing something dramatically different And so maybe this is almost thinking about what's the idea that you have discounted because it's too ambitious or what's the thing that you never thought you would do? And maybe you're positioning it as a pilot or as an experiment. So we have got a couple of things where we're thinking we do things that we have been doing for a long time. You know, often because you do something for a long time, you just feel like, oh, but that's what we do. But also at the same time, it is feeling like it's getting in your way. Maybe it's time consuming maybe it feels like it's taking away some freedom in that day maybe it's not really now work you want to be doing but it feels hard to let go of for some reason so we've got one thing that we're looking at at the moment where it feels hard to let go of because we have always done it since day one pretty much month one of amazing if and so that's where we were saying almost you've kind of got to rip up the rule book you know it's a sacred cow thing isn't it you've got to rip let go of those sacred cows and go imagine that didn't exist how would you feel about that or imagine if we experimented with you know maybe doing that in a completely different way if we remind ourselves like why we do that thing what are four of the ways that you could still achieve that why that look very different to the way that you execute on it today so I think this is where you've got to come at the either come at the why or at the problem from a completely different perspective. Certainly it's helped us, actually. Like it helped us when we were thinking about a couple of examples here because I'm not sure incremental action is the answer here for the want-nots because if it was, 
you would i think it'd be easy it wouldn't it you just enough. fix it yeah, like, you, well, you, if you don't want to do it, it then just you know, like just don't yeah. do it just change something tomorrow but you're like well no it has to be that fundamental a change that it makes that big a difference to your freedom and again i don't know what you think about this helen but i feel like this is hard to do by yourself like we got to some good answers on this one when we were we were literally critiquing our own business to check that this idea works and we got to some good stuff but i think i needed that in a conversation so again whether this is like a work friend whether this is a manager an informal mentor but someone who I think probably understands your work well enough you know has got enough empathy in your in terms of your day-to-day that they can help you to explore this I think that is useful I think all of this one of the three I think all of them probably involve other people but this one just feels like trying to fix this all by yourself I think a puts a lot of pressure on you but also you probably won't get to such good thinking or answers. So we'll stop there because I think we've given you a lot to help you with <laughs> the topic of freedom. Just a bit of a recap. So that part one was all about figuring out your freedom. So thinking about that rag status, red, amber, green on time, trust and tasks at the moment and mind mapping what's getting in your way. And then part two, we gave you all those different ideas for finding your freedom. So if maybe the issue is a bit about time, we talked about the this or that transparency. If it's more about trust, we talked about the project on a page. And actually, if it's more about tasks, that pie chart that we just mentioned there. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Everything we have talked about today will be summarised on the pod sheet. So don't forget to have a look at that if you just sort of want a helpful, it's kind of project on a page, it's sort of podcast on a page, to be honest. (laughs) So that's there for you if you need it. And we do really hope we have helped you to figure out and find more freedom through the work that you do and in your squiggly careers. Because I think this is a really important topic and one that we really hope we've been helpful with. So thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.